What up, high life friends? Delco Dave. I'm here with Jim Icavone and our very special guest today, Megan, the Carolina Hurricanes in-game host. Megan, welcome to HW at night. How you doing today? I'm I'm really great. I <laughs> apologies, but I'm really great. Um, thank you guys so much for having me. I, you know, we were chatting a little bit before and like what a game we just witnessed. So I'm really excited to dive in. Oh, that's awesome. Thank you so much for being here. Jim was down there live at the game. Jim, how you doing, man? I'm doing all right. You know, uh, I guess everything considered. You know, we watched uh, maybe one of the better Flyers games of the season. I know Carolina was coming off, you know, back-to-back -back with Pittsburgh last night, so we expected to see a tired team. The Flyers outshot Carolina by 10 most of the game. And then, uh, you know, it kind of finished exactly how you thought it was going to finish, right? <laughs> Well, I mean, I actually, I thought it was going to go to a shootout. We were going to go 0 for 7 on the shootout or whatever we are for the year. <laughs> oh, I was just having anxiety because the last time that the Canes were in overtime was against the Florida Panthers just the other night when we were at home. And it, it they got a goal in, like, the first 30 seconds of overtime. And I was just like, oh, my gosh, please, please, like, don't do that to us again. Don't do that to us. But, yeah, it was a great – we just kept getting goals, and you guys just kept catching up. We wouldn't let us run away. <laughs> That's kind of par for the course. This Flyers team has been pretty good at counterpunching. We never seem to get a lead, but we're pretty good at when somebody scores. We'll come right back and tie it back up. So that, that, that's probably been our strength all year, if we, if we could say we have one. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So good. You know, it's funny. I feel like every time we – I feel like since we started this show, Dave, the Flyers have just lost in overtime every every time. <laughs> for real, though, right? Like every every game it's an overtime loss. Well, we, uh, we we launched the show coming out of the All-Star break, and they're now 0 for 5 out of the All-Star break. So. <laughs> I mean, I'm not – are you guys superstitious? You can't blame yourselves. You cannot <laughs> – okay. hey, listen, when I first started as the in-game host for the Hurricanes, I didn't start right off the bat when the season started. I was like – I came in in, like, end of November, and they lost – every game and, and and my friends were texting me they're like Megan it's you and I'm like please don't put this on me please do not put this on me yeah so I get it I get it but you'll it will turn around I have faith it will turn around yeah probably not this season these two teams are heading in absolute opposite directions right now considering the Hurricanes first place in the Metro right now headed towards Clemson Division a great playoff spot so what's uh, what's the feeling around the Carolina Hurricanes fan base right now Megan Oh my gosh. Well, okay. So here's a little bit of background on me and my story. So I, so I'm wearing my, my, my heart for whalers, um, to, uh, my crew neck because I'm originally from new England and the, and I never thought I would have love for any other teams other than Bruins, Celtics, Red Sox, Patriots. I'm all new England all the time. But when I moved here to Raleigh, um, I was taken to a Canes game last year during playoffs and I just fell in love with the arena and the fans because I thought, whoa, there's fans that care and are passionate <laughs> just as much as us New England people. Like I was taken out of my comfort zone and brought in somewhere else. And I was so welcomed and I just fell in love with the atmosphere. So then when I saw the posting that they were looking for an in-game host, which I had done in arena hosting prior, but not for the NHL. Um, I was a little nervous as I told you, you know, this is my first year working for the NHL and I I'm learning as I go. Um, but it's, it's the house, the house is always packed. It's, they're so passionate. It's, it's, it's amazing. And I'm really happy to be a part of the franchise. Oh, that's awesome. It's great to hear about a franchise that has, you know, a passionate fan base, you know, fans in the stadiums every game. Cause uh, 
I feel like we, we discussed it a few times. The direction of the Flyers has just been on a downward trajectory for years, it seems like now. And and now it's struggling. I think they said only like eight. What was the in-arena uh, attendance, Jim? I think, what, eight to 10,000, they said? Yeah. Wait, today? Yeah. Well, I for a Monday afternoon, I was looking, you know, I was watching the game. I thought it was pretty packed for a Monday afternoon. Well, it's packed for a Flyers game for sure. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because I was talking to the guys in here and I said, you know, a, a couple of years ago, this would have been like empty for how good the team was and whatnot. And now, you know, this was packed for the Flyers this season. We've seen, I don't know, maybe some games less than, like it looks like you're watching the Arizona Coyotes some nights, you know. Or, or, yeah, it's 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 pretty sparse. Uh, but Megan, something I wanted to ask you. So you said you're from New England? Yeah. Yes. So I, I assume maybe you grew up a Bruins fan. Yes, I did. Yeah. And, uh, so I want to. I just want to ask you. Like, I, I always think Boston and Philly fans are kind of similar, right? Same kind of passion and whatnot. What's it like being around uh, the Carolina Hurricanes uh, environment? Because you know those fans have become pretty passionate of of late and and whatnot. And it looks like their games are a lot of fun. Can you compare the environments in in Carolina to what it's like going to a game in Boston? Okay, I would say, um, what's the word I'm looking for? I feel like in Boston, you're just going to get kind of grunge. You're yeah. going to get, you know, swearing. You're going to get beers flying. You're going to get, you know, just people swearing left and right. And the Canes, um, let's just say my language has gotten a lot better since moving to the South. I don't drop as many F-bombs, if you will. Um but I would say that the passion and energy is there. But if we're losing, it doesn't get rowdy. Right, People just get angry and they may leave early, but they don't vocalize it as they would in Boston. So that's probably the biggest difference. <laughs> yeah. All right. So they have fun. They have fun. Yeah. They have fun. They're great. And um, I, you know, I just love how connected they are to the fans. And I do love how the, the Hurricanes really take time out during, you know, the interview at the end of the games. Abby or Trip Tracy's doing the interview. They always are just thankful to the fans. That's always what their interview is about, really, because half the time there's a standing ovation for whoever that final goal came from or, or whatnot. So it really it really is a great atmosphere. You can definitely notice. I mean, I really like what the organization is doing because it looks like they're making it a lot of fun for fans down there who who maybe didn't grow up watching hockey. You know what I mean? But they're making new fans at least now. Like uh, I don't, I don't know the way they're marketing the team and whatnot. Just as an organization as a whole, like the rest of the league, I think is taking notice there. I think what we do, and I haven't taken a look at the Flyers social media, but. The hurricane social media, man, Always they on. kill it. <laughs> and even even during little bits and segments of um, our game, when they're on a timeout or whatever, the Canes will have these fun little videos that they do, and they're nothing to do with hockey. It's just kind of a Q and A, or just kind of a. They have these little emojis, like thumbs up or thumbs down, on what you think of, you know, whatever it is. But the fans love it they, because they are like, oh wow, okay, I'm watching these players. They're my favorite. I'm a fan, but also they're human too. Yeah. And I think the Hurricanes are doing a really good job at marrying that, making it seem like we're all one in the same. That's what it comes off as. It looks like, yeah, it looks like what what we used to have here, right, Dave? <laughs> Absolutely. It was just all one thing and not, you know, our corporation and fans, you know? Yeah. Well, I actually – 
Oh, I think the storm surge that the Canes started doing is one of the best things I've ever seen. As far as like post game stuff and celebrations go and getting the fans into something, the only thing I think that like rivals that is actually what the Golden Knights do pregame, where they do like a show prior to the game on the ice. Like, I think the Hurricanes and the Knights probably have two of the best traditions going right now as far as like post game or pregame goes. Like the storm surge, I mean, you're down there all the time. That has to be one of the highlights of the game. Oh, it- And to be honest with you, and I'm ashamed to say this, like I said, when I got the job, I didn't really know what it was. And then all of a sudden, the whole, everything goes silent and you just hear the, and I was like, what, what is everybody doing? What is this? And then, you know, shortly, I will say, because it didn't happen probably the first five games that I was hired. And so when it did happen, I was like, this is new. What is this? Um, But yeah, it is really, really cool. And, and especially to hear that echo of the entire arena doing it at the same time as our players is really awesome. Oh, that's fantastic. Wait, so, uh, so what you guys were saying, so you, you 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 feel like you used to have that fan like that interaction with the flyers and the fans and and you're feeling like it's not the same jim uh yeah pretty much <laughs> it feels uh it's it's weird like 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 i said i compare the philadelphia flyers uh, and their fans a lot to the to boston and the boston bruins and uh i think you guys still have that like everything's built around the hockey team you know uh it it, it, there's nothing manufactured about being a boston bruins fan if you get what i'm saying yeah whereas uh for whatever reason the flyers felt like they had to do things outside of the hockey team uh for example the mascot uh i I don't want to be the debbie downer but there's things that I, i feel are pushing certain fans away or Maybe they're looking for a new kind of fan type of thing. You know what I'm saying? Oh, and I don't yeah. think it is a market that needs to do that. So it's kind of mind—it's mind-boggling a little bit. I totally see what you're saying with Philly, Philly fans, even the city in general being yeah. so similar to Boston. People having so much pride in the history. I mean, OG cities here in the United States. So it's, I, you know, that's I, I feel that and I get that and hopefully, right. you know, but hopefully sometime, you know, and I'm gonna go to the Patriots here for a second. I sometimes feel like, do you guys feel like you're kind of in a rebuilding? Because for us, for the Pats, we're 100% rebuilding. Fans are coming and going. There's no Brady anymore. Do we like Mac Jones? We like Mac Jones. We're just kind of like, oh, sorry that I'm bringing football in, but it's it's my greatest it's my greatest comparison. But, but I feel like we're restructuring in that aspect. So you kind of feel the same with the Flyers? Well, yeah, but, but the Patriots are still the Patriots, though, right? Like, uh, they're not um, – I don't know how to explain it. Like, they're not trying to rebrand themselves or appeal to different fans. They're just rebuilding the team. Yeah. And the Flyers as an organization as a whole just has a different feel to it. Like, imagine um, – I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. Well, I think this podcast, for one, is great – and the fans love it. That, that's what I like to hear, Meg. Yes. I'm going to cut that clip. Yo, we're returning guest right here. Yeah, she's friends of the show. <laughs> Megan's coming back regularly. <laughs> Anytime you guys need me. Hey, listen, I, I love it all. And I'm learning from y'all too. You know, like I said, I, I, I because again, I'm new and I'm learning, I've known the Bruins and I'm learning so much about the Canes. I want to make it a mission to, to know a 
a lot about every team, you know, because I want to be able to have a fluid NHL conversation with other players. But, you know, I, I was taking notes on some of y'all's names on your team because I was like, okay, I need to remember that person got a goal and this person started a fight and blah, blah, blah. Um, so I'd like that to become a little bit more fluid for me. But the process is really, really fun. Right. Oh, that's awesome. No, we've been having a blast doing this. You know, I mean, already this has already been a fun show. But uh, to touch on what you guys were talking about as far as the organization goes, I think with the Flyers particularly, there's nothing wrong with trying to, like, bring in new fans, bring a mascot in, try to reshape some things. I think the problem was they tried to shove it down the throat of some of the hardcore fans that have been here forever. Like, listen, the guys that have been, you know, putting their asses in the seats for 10, 15, 20, 30 years – we don't need a mascot. We, we, we don't need any cute, you know, commercial or videos. You know what I mean? If you want to channel that to bring in younger fans to make it more family experience, we got that. But kind of try to find a way to keep it separate, almost two separate channels, the, the gritty family-oriented stuff and, and then, like, the, the, the traditional flyers, like, hardcore stuff where we want to see, you know, wins, losses. We want to see, you know, the players, the stats. So I think that's the biggest mistake the Flyers made as far as recently trying to like reshuffle their organizational view and their philosophy going forward. So, but Megan, what do you think the Hurricanes have been doing as far as an organization goes to incorporate family friendly stuff in, in pair it with, you know, more traditional hardcore hockey stuff? Well, when I, sorry, I keep saying when I first got hired, but that's <laughs> all I compare it to. Um, they, I wasn't sure if I was going to be doing more fan interactions or more reporter analysis. And I actually do more of the analysis stuff. And then we have another in arena host, um, Jatovi. He does a lot of the fan interactions, but I think, and I'm sure you guys have the same thing. A lot of our games, um, at PNC arena are themed, right? So in a couple weeks we have, um, kids night coming up. So we're already prepping a bunch of videos. And I think we even have a kid host that night and all these things just to bring the crowd in and, but I'm sure you guys do the same thing. Yeah. Well, at yeah. one point we had a, a, a stress room where you could go in and. Break <laughs> Wait, that's awesome. That is really awesome. A stress room. Oh, yeah, man. I forget the name, Jim. Do you remember the name of it? What it was called? But you could go in there and just smash a bunch of stuff when you were stressed. Oh, out. Ra- that's right. The rage room. Right. The rage room. That's the rage room. room. That's the rage room. <laughs> Yeah, they need that back in this season. The second half of the season, bring the rage room back. See, I feel like that's very Boston and Philly. Like, I feel like both both those arenas need a rage room. (laughs) Absolutely. Do you guys have an in-game host though for the Flyers? Yeah, uh, I I forget his name, but he does a really does a really good job. Um, I I wish I remembered his name. Uh, But yeah, we have. uh, I think we have two. One of the one guy's permanent. The other one, her name is Andrea Helfrich. I haven't seen her as much lately. Yeah, um, he was very good. Also, I wish I had a, a secret recipe as to what's working for us right now. But I just think I, I think it's the passion and, and a lot goes to Rod Brindamore too, our coach. He is a diehard Raleigh fan through and through like he will support NC State like it's I think it's just the fact too that our arena is right across from the Wolfpack Stadium for NC State so it's it's a lot of tailgating it's a lot of pish posh of 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 just a like a a, a city feeling a city pride and um and it, 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 I'm sure it helps too that we're we're doing we're doing really well so I think it's just a, a perfect combination of all those things. So when uh, oh, I'm trying to look it up now, Brandon Moore's been the coach of the uh, Hurricanes for how long has it been? 
Well, he also played for us. He won. Yeah. He was on the Stanley Cup team. With Cam Ward, yeah. Yeah. Oh, years, though. I'm not sure. That's something yeah, I should know. I'm just curious to see how many coaches we've gone through since Rod Brendamore um, oh, became the coach of the Hurricanes. Because Brendamore was a Flyers great before he went to Carolina. And then he ends up getting hired there. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how many coaches we've gone through since Brendamore's been there with Carolina. Wait, so wait, Rod Brindamore was almost hired to be the Flyers coach? Oh, I don't know if he was in consideration or not. He was a Flyers great, and then he went to Carolina. Oh, I see, I see, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I see here it says he was an assistant coach since 2011. He became head coach in 2018. Uh, So the Flyers, I think, have gone through at least three coaches since Brindamore was hired. Probably more, if I really thought about that. Maybe even four. I mean, we might, we have we've had two just this season, so just. just yeah, I mean, and then once Yo's gone, that's that's five. So, <laughs> oh my god. Wait, talk to me about that. What what is the deal with that? Why is that happening? Why are y'all shuffling through coaches? We wish we knew. <laughs> yeah, I wish I had an answer. <laughs> uh, we're, we're we're probably about to lose our long term captain and Flyers icon Claude Giroux coming up on the on the trade deadline. Yeah. So, this whole team's in absolute turmoil right now as far as turnover goes. I think one of the biggest problems for us personally is um, developing talent, like the guys we draft and actually developing and have, helping them reach their ceiling. I don't know. Besides Sean Couturier and Ivan Provorov, I guess, I guess Travis Konechny too, but I think he's underwhelming. There's not too many players that we can say are like our homegrown talent. Um, Do you think, though, that it's helped? I know for us with the Chicago Wolves, um, a lot of people, when we had the the taxi squads because of COVID and everything, and a lot of those guys were coming up and and taking over, I feel like that was great as a team anyways, to just kind of mix in other guys that our, our players weren't used to playing with and just kind of throwing things for a loop. Do you guys feel that the people on your um, on your AHL team are, you know, contenders or, or help? You think the taxi squad helped your team in any way? I don't know. I guess it helped, <laughs> it helped in the sense to where we got to see uh, guys called up and they were able to get sent back down without getting claimed or anything. Right? Yeah, yeah. Well, that was like, sense. yeah, yeah. We had uh, Jack Lafontaine for a little bit, but he's he's oh, right. um and in Chicago right now too. So, yeah, there's going to be a lot of mixing and matching and, and all that fun stuff. And this will be like the first year where I'll be paying attention to the <laughs> trades and all that. So that'll be exciting. Yeah, I mean, Drew I think we have on the Hurricanes. Who do I think? Oh God, Drew could. Oh, oh, I was like, who do I think? I was like, oh, God, I'm sweating again. I was like, that's out of my territory. <laughs> well, there's a couple guys. Uh, Justin Braun also. I don't know if you watched him tonight. He's an, an older defenseman. Plays on. A, he should be playing on third pair. He plays on Flyers' top pair. That's how bad things are here. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it, that would be cool. I would, I would love to see them win a cup with Carolina. I don't have anything against Carolina, so they're a team I can root for, you know? Whereas, like, I, if it was Boston, I would say, hell no. <laughs> I was thinking tonight, though, when we started the first couple periods, I was like, wow, you know, for, uh, for the Canes, it's been very physical games lately. And I thought, wow, this is a very peaceful game. And then the third period happened and we got, you know, I, I who was it? Ian Cole on his birthday. He went at it with who was it? M- Zach McEwen. Yeah. And I was like, man, that was just a birthday punch right there. That got a little <laughs> 
but I do, I do feel like the refs in the beginning of the year were um, not letting them fight it out as much as they are now, which I'm, I'm, I kind of like that. Do you guys remember Blades of Steel back yeah. in the day? Yeah. The yeah. video game. Yeah. That was my favorite part as a kid playing that. And then when they go fight and then they actually like punch in the wrestling. Match. So it brings me back to those times when I see that happening on the ice and I'm like, ref, just let them do it. As long as no one gets severely hurt, but I'm like, just stop interfering. Yeah, let them get it out. The let aggression. them get it. Yes. Get the rage room. Natural. Yeah. Yeah. The fighting's obviously died down in years, but, uh, uh, Sean Pronger, who was Chris Pronger's older brother, um, he wrote a book. He had a great quote in there about how, like, journeymen and, like, grinders and role players, they find a way to make an impact when they need to, really to save their job more than anything else. He talks about it a couple times in training camp, how he gets in a fight in a preseason game or lays a big hit because that's what's going to make him stand out near the end and keep him on a roster. And that's what I, I feel like Zach and Hewitt's been doing that for half a season now. So it's, he's probably going to parlay it into like a three-year, $4 million contract. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, hey. It's fun. I mean, uh, the first period was a snooze fest, a couple, you know. Uh, funny enough, I, I ran to the bathroom for literally two minutes in that second period, and that's when both goals were scored. <laughs> I came back and said, oh, guys, did I miss anything? It happened so fast. It was like <laughs> the first 24 seconds, and then like 35 seconds after that, you all yeah, scored. It was, yeah, it was um, funny. Everybody but, yeah, the first period, Canes only had two shots on goal. That yeah. was our, our lowest, I guess, I heard them say in in our first 20 minutes of gameplay. I was like, what is going on? Like, shoot the dang puck, guys. What are you, you doing? Guys killing, you guys were killing me. I bet the over on it, on Martin, uh, on Jones's uh, 29 and a half saves, two shots in the first period killed me. But I was like, oh, that one's out the window. <laughs> <laughs> I have to give props, though, to Martin Jones. I think that was his first start against the Canes. He's a great goalie. Yeah, he, he, I think he's been everything is advertised as far as a veteran back. Yeah, he he's another guy that might get shipped out at the trade deadline. But uh, yeah, no, you can't be mad at him. He's he's done exactly his job. I'm gonna cut that clip too and send it to all the NHL GMs for the trade deadline. Lauren <laughs> Jones, great goalie. Take him. <laughs> Megan's about to be the highlight reel for HW and <laughs> I speak in sound bites, guys. I speak in sound bites. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> no, but yeah, he was a great goalie, but I was just like, yeah, let's, let's shoot the, let's shoot. And then, you know, things started to warm up and in the second period, those back to back, but I don't know what it is because our last game, we were just in um, Pittsburgh and in the second period, Jordan Stahl got a goal first nine seconds. And then um, same with our third period, it was Jesper Foss, nine seconds. I don't know what, he, what it is with these quick middle frame goals happening, but I don't mind it. Good team. We're, I mean, we're used to being scored on early and often, right? Yeah, Dave? yeah all, all the time. We get scored on all the time. <laughs> it's like normal. I, oh, I, I run up a gambler's guide for uh, HW Hockey, and uh, literally every time I'm typing the total out, I have to go look at the numbers. And every time I look at it, I'm like, the Flyers are giving up three to four goals every game. Like, I can't not bet the over. Every time I'm looking at it, I'm like, <laughs> I have to bank the Flyers for three to four goals allowed every game. How am I going to bet the under on that? Who would you guys like to see? Um, come to the Flyers. Do you guys have any any picks? Oh, here we go. This this is go, go ahead, Joe. Go ahead. I don't know anybody really. I mean, if I want to be realistic, I feel like there's a good chance Johnny Gaudreau 
is going to be a flyer in the offseason. So that's something to look forward to, I guess. Um, who would I like? I would like Connor McDavid. I would not be mad about <laughs> that. No, uh, I, I don't know. I, to be honest with you, I really like how Calgary – I mean, I'm sorry, how Carolina built their team. Like, they're a bunch of hardworking guys with skill mixed in. Uh, Rod Brindamore, I think, is the perfect coach for, for that for that town and that city. And uh, I'm jealous of, of the Carolina Hurricanes, honestly. Like, I think they're, they're a lot of fun to watch. They can beat you in a lot of different ways. And, uh, yeah, I, I would ideally like a team like that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I think it's doable for y'all for sure. I just think you, it's got to be the, the right sort of chemistry or whatever. Yeah. Um, I think uh, the Tony D'Angelo signing was a very underrated move by Carolina. I think bringing him in for the contract he did elevated that blue line and really enabled the forwards to play to their potential. Like you got guys here that are reaching their ceiling that it was always there, but I think him, the way he's able to move the puck, the way he calms down an entire defense, an entire unit when he's out there, like he's that kind of guy you can count on. You know, kind of like Kimo Timonen was here for us for a while, but he's a guy that allows the forwards to play their game relaxed and confident. Like I think, you know, Taravainen, Aho, those guys that are up in the top six, like, you know, it's, it's very calming to know that you have a defenseman that can not only help you out offensively, but also settle the puck down and be sound defensively. So I think that was a huge move by Carolina in the offseason. Well, that's something I felt really bad about tonight. I mean, man, so Tony D'Angelo is from Philadelphia, and he had about 150 people at the game tonight between family and friends and and kids that he coaches in the offseason. And then – He's out in the second period. I was like, oh, so I hope, but, but that, that's another thing I was going to say. I mean, obviously we have, we have injuries that happen throughout the season, but lately every single game, someone's, someone's out the rest of the game. Someone's not coming. They're out two games and not, and it's not just COVID. It's not COVID anymore. It's, it's injuries. And now, you know, we're getting to the second half of the season, the season, because these bodies are getting banged up and it's, it's a, it's nerve wracking every time they head out there because it's like, it, it, you never know. You never know who's who's going to be playing the next game and who's going to be out. And and these and these are key. These are are everyone. Everyone is a key player. Everyone is a crucial talent. Everyone brings something to the table. And um, yeah, that 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 stresses me out a bit. Going into playoffs. Yeah, you're not going to get much sympathy from us as far as injury goes. I'm, I'm sorry <laughs> about that. You're not going <laughs> to. Are you guys just falling apart left and right? Is that what's oh, happening? Since day one. Yeah, they training camp. We've we've been down people since training camp, and it skeleton just skeleton crew over here. Oh we've, no! We've had multiple people come back from one game and immediately go back on IR. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like yeah. multiple people, not just one, like not just one guy. Multiple people come back, play one game, back on IR. I okay, I forget what I said. Forget what I said. I'm like, we're just starting to experience injuries. <laughs> Feel bad for me. <laughs> Well, Kevin Hayes has had, I think, three surgeries already this season. Yeah. Oh, geez. Crazy man. And then uh, the, the best guy we uh, we traded for in the off season played four games, and that was it. Yeah, Alice um, played four games, and then goddamn Carter Hart gets pink eye before the game, so we don't even have our starting goalie today because of that. <laughs> I was wondering. I didn't because I was like, well, they didn't play. They their last game was Thursday against the. Capitals, mm-hmm. and so I was wondering about that situation and why you know the um, Martin had to go in, but um, but he, like I said, he was great. I yeah. wasn't expecting him to be such a talent, and he really was. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, he's he's been a player in the league for a long time, which is part of his trade value. He uh he was the starter for the Sharks for four or five years, took him to a conference finals. I don't think they ever made the cut with him, but he played a, he's played a long time, has a lot of games under his belt. He's somebody that can hopefully net us something at the trade deadline. So, Megan, who do you think – so the, the Hurricanes are obviously going to be buyers at the trade deadline. Have you heard anything about who they might be targeting or who they might be bringing in as far as uh, and trying to gear up for a run? You know, I, I really haven't. See, the one thing that I would love to do as the in-game host is get a little bit more – access again because of covid we weren't allowed like after morning skate they normally do a press conference and they just started letting people back into that so i'd really personally like to get in and kind of get closer to the reporters and see what they're asking kind of up close and personal because i'm still a little bit on the outskirts and and really just a a general fan um but it would it's going to be really interesting and i for one feel like i mean our goalies are great auntie ranta has been again we're gonna go to the injuries but been pretty injured through most of the season he's better now but um but I don't know. I just feel like we need another like solid backup goalie. Like I get worried about Freddie. Like if Freddie's out, like we're screwed. You know what I mean? He's had a history of kind of uh, fading in the second halves too, up in Toronto. I don't know if he brought that to Carolina. I guess we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. I know. I know. I mean, he um, he did well tonight, but. I could tell the fatigue was getting getting to him. Yeah. Well, I guess he didn't – no, Ronta played. I don't know. They just seemed a little yeah. tired. They seemed You're a little right. tired. Yeah. Oh, the, the team as a whole, for sure. Like, you could see. Like, that was uncharacteristic to see them get outshot by the Flyers by 10. Like, the Flyers don't outshoot anybody, let alone get 40 shots in a game, you know? So. We've – We've kind of lucked out, though. We haven't had a lot of back-to-backs. We've had a few, but, um, yeah, we played um, – Friday night because I was at I was in arena and then they were away on um, Sunday and then today so it was just kind of they had like one day of rest and but now they'll have until next Friday so they'll be able to hopefully recover from any upper lower body injuries and um, we'll get back at it on on Friday night. Yeah, I actually uh, the the Hurricanes have actually been really good in three games in four night sets. I wrote it up here. Hold on, there's something like. 24 and 8, 25 and 8 now after this one. And their last 32 situations where they played three games in four nights. Like, oh, dang. Okay. Yeah, so, so, you know, usually that three and four set usually gets tough on teams. You know, that the fatigue sets in, you're tired, you're ready for that break. Because usually at the three and four, you do have a few days off. But yeah, Carolina's been able to stay focused and, and been able to get those wins. So it's actually impressive as a team to be able to have a kind of record like that. And that bodes well for them in the playoffs as far as getting ready to make a run when you're playing almost every other night. Yeah, it would also help to just shooting up to Pittsburgh and then Philly. You know, it wasn't really like they had to be super jet lagged or anything. But I also, call me an NHL rookie, did not know that these teams get their own plane going all these places. I was like, oh, I thought that was just the Patriots. I thought, you know, uh, Robert Kraft was the only one that got their team a plane. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's so cool. So, I mean, yeah, I I think that they didn't have to travel far. I think that um, worked in their favor for sure. Um, but, yeah, I was going to say something else after that. I forget what I was going to say, but maybe we'll, we'll spark yeah. in a second. I will say this. Uh, charter planes actually are really cool. I've uh, I've flown on one one time. It was when I went from uh, Fort Bliss, Texas, 
to Afghanistan and we had a layover in, in Bangkok, Maine. And, uh, but the plane was chartered for us. Right. So you had like a whole row to yourself and they were, the, you would get like full meals served to you and stuff like that. And like, if they had extras, they would just bring them to you. Like they were super nice. It's one of the coolest experiences I ever had. I mean, great. Like I said, we were going to Afghanistan. So like, it's not like the destination was all that great, but, <laughs> but the way there was great. Yeah, well, the flight there was awesome. <laughs> awesome. 17 and a half hours. <laughs> I hate long flights. Okay. So before I moved to Raleigh, I lived in Los Angeles for 10 years. Another random thing about me, but I would hate coming home for Christmas and just holidays because six hours. No, thank you. I hate flying. So that's why I got really excited about the chartered plane. So, Oh, done and done. You want me to travel to the next away game? That's perfect. I got you. Yeah. I'm just like, not about those long flights. I cannot, but that is a way to travel. Yeah. You, you can make him enjoyable. I've actually, uh, I splurged one time and flew first class out to Vegas on like a trip with like my buddies from Philly to Vegas. So it was like six hours and 20 minutes straight through. And, uh, Oh, those Delta flight attendants were absolutely amazing. It was like, hey, you need another beer, man? I'm like, absolutely, right? And then I, I drank like five blue moons, and I finished the blue moon they had. So we're about to descend, and they're like, like, hey, like, uh, the last call, like, you good? I'm like, I'll take another. Like, hey, we're out, man. But here's our last two Heineken's. You just go ahead and take care of them. So I'm like on the tarmac as we're pulling to the gate, trying to pound this last beer down. I was just gonna say, did you did you like feel it more when you landed, or were you feeling it more in the air? You were probably fine no, no, when I, you landed. Yeah, I thought it when I stood up. I sat down for six and a half hours, drank like nine beers, and then I stood up. I was like, oh, I was like, all right, I'm going to need a definitely need a cab to get me to my hotel and probably take a nap. That's what's needed, though, when you're on that long of a plane ride. Absolutely. So, yeah. I'm sure the I'm sure the players aren't probably drinking. I mean, maybe they are. Who knows? Maybe they're on those charter flights pounding them back. Who knows? Maybe. Yes. I, I hear they bring a lot of Chipotle. They, they like their fast food as they get on the plane. That's the word on the street. I hear that. <laughs> I, I have read some things about guys getting like cut on the plane ride back or sent back down to the minors. That's going to be an awkward conversation. You know what I mean? Oh my gosh. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that would be terrible. And they usually, so some of the things I read is like the assistant coach, they'll send them back to wherever he's hanging out with playing cards. Like and they have them call him over have him sit down like hey listen man like you know when we, when we get back we're sending it back down to the ahl or whatever like that's gotta like that's gotta be the most awkward conversation yeah yeah no that's pretty bad oh man yeah but i mean i'm excited i'm excited for the second half of the season i'm excited you know i i, I you know consider me consider me uh no, obviously not my Canes or my Bruins, but you know, I'll, I'll put the Flyers in third here. <laughs> you, you don't want to do that. <laughs> don't do that to yourself. <laughs> we wouldn't want you to do that. No. Yeah, yeah. We, we um, wouldn't want to ask you to do that. <laughs> no, but I love the passion. I love the passion. I really hope that, um, you know, just given some time and, and given whatever needs to happen, maybe given next season that, you know, things start to, melt mold with you guys and the fans and and whatever whatever is lacking kind of brings it back up again for you for sure i mean hopefully it can only go you would think it can only go up from here i, I want to knock on wood when i say that because you know you, you say that and then all of a sudden some more bad news comes out so you know hopefully there's only you can only go up yeah yeah uh, i did want to ask you one thing as the in arena host is there a certain part of you know, of the game uh, or, or, you know, of uh, that you look forward to? Because, um, you know, I, 
all the things that you guys do uh, on the side, it's all it's all great. But is there, is there anything in in particular that you look forward to the most? Um, man, I texted my parents the last game, and I said, "It is so great every time I come to this arena. I am so happy, and it's so refreshing going." to a place that makes you feel like home and that you're excited to go to. And I think what I love most about being the in-game host is sincerely I'm learning every game and sincerely I can feel myself getting better every game because at first I was a nervous wreck. You know, there's no teleprompter. I, I have to remember these stats and these names and I'm like, I came from monster jam. I know Gravedigger. Like what? (laughs) I don't know what we're talking about. Um, But I watch Every game that's away on TV, I'm listening to the commentators, um, Trip Tracy and Mike. They're so genuine. They at every game, they're like, "Let me know, let us know if you need any help." Even even preparing for this podcast, you know, I, I I asked them if I could do this, and they said, "Let us know if you need anything. Let us know if you need any help preparing." Like just really genuine. And I, so I think my to answer your question, my favorite part is is the whole thing. I love being in the control room for our meetings prior to the game. I love meeting the fans. I love being in it with them. Um, but yeah, I really only go on for pre-show and our intermissions. And then in between, as the periods are happening, I'm taking notes. So I, I like pre-writing the script, also creating the script and kind of freeballing it, if you will, while we're doing the intermission. So to me, the whole experience is just is really great. And I'm just I'm happy to be a part of it. It's awesome. I think that's probably the best answer you could you could get, really. You know, the whole thing. Yeah, that's great. That's, yes. that's really cool. What about you guys? What's your what's your favorite part of doing this podcast? <laughs> yeah, they I'd, say for, I'd say for me personally, it's when I get a guest to respond back to one of the hundreds of emails I send out. <laughs> like I spend a good portion of my day now just trying to figure out people to have one and sending emails. And How like, desperate I mean, am I? I answered in like 0.2 seconds. I was like, yes. I was like, wait, <laughs> let me get permission first. <laughs> yeah, I know. you were like ready to go. I was already texting it out in the group chat. I'm like, yo, I'm like, I, got, I got Megan for the hurricane. She said she's ready to go. And then like after I said that, you're like, hold on, I have to ask permission. Give me that. I was like, hold on a second. She. <laughs> I was like, who am I to decide to speak for a whole franchise? Like, wait a second, Megan, let's ask first. <laughs> Yeah, they were cool I, with it, though. They were cool with it. That's awesome. Yeah, no, I send out so many emails all the time. And then I, I joke around with my friends. I'll send, like, Snapchats to them. I'll write my article. I'll send out a bunch of emails. I'll get my stuff done for, like, me and my wife, a little side business we do. And then I send a Snapchat of, like, my open email. I go, all right, it's time for email slot machine. Let's see who gets back to me. And I just <laughs> start eating <it> fresh. <laughs> Oh, that's funny. That's funny. Hey, the the you guys are it's great. You guys get views and listeners, and the more you do it, people will respond back to you. Oh, oh just yeah, like it, me. This is fast as me. Oh yeah, it, it's been a blast. Well, I actually had a so I contacted you on LinkedIn. I actually reached out to Todd Fedoric on LinkedIn too, and I saw they looked at my profile. Thing. I'm like, oh cool. I'm like, like maybe he'll get back to me today. <laughs> and did he? Re- he responded. Yeah. He, he didn't. He didn't no. message yet. He didn't message yet, but I got a notification that he viewed my profile. So I'm like, all right, like, come on. You're like. getting close. You're getting close. Yeah. It's like you're fishing. <laughs> you know you want it. That is funny. Jim, what's your favorite thing about it, man? You've been doing this longer than I have. Well, I'm kind of in the same boat as uh, as Megan there. Uh, I like I like everything about it. Really, I, I think mostly though, I like the people. Like what we're doing right now. Like I like meeting new people, talking to new people and 
you know, talking to Megan, like, this is one of the things I love about it. Like, the only way that we would have ever talked or known each other existed is because of what we're doing right now. So, like, I think that's pretty, uh, when you think about it like that, it's pretty crazy. That, uh, you know, a couple of years ago, just randomly started a podcast and it grew into this, you know, whole thing. And now I'm talking to to Megan, the in-arena host from the Carolina Hurricanes, you know. Like, uh, I think that's pretty awesome when you think of it that way. I mean, we've met, like, uh, you know, all kinds of people and, um, you know, the podcasts are fun. And obviously I love my guys and, and whatnot. But, uh, you know, just thinking about the the endless possibilities, I think, is is what I love. So, yeah, it's fun. Beautiful answer. Thank you. I love that. From the heart. I know. I could feel it. I felt it. No, it's an honor. Thank you guys for, for having me on. It really was a blast talking with you guys. Thank oh, you. Yeah. We're so glad we had you on. We appreciate it. This is, uh, I think you're the first person we've had on that's been from like the opponent's team. I don't think we've had anybody else from HW at night on that was like from the other side. I was wondering that because I was looking at some other episodes. I was like, am I the first opponent? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> And it's great. It's so great. Literally, anytime you guys need me to be on, I'd love to. I'd love to be on, even if we you don't play the Canes, just if you just want me on. <laughs> well, we definitely have at least eight opportunities a year starting next year. There you go. There you go. We're good. We're good. I love it. I think we should hold you to that. Hey, I'm think? here. I I got you guys. Uh, we we appreciate it. And when we, yes. if you want to start one too, you know, bring us on. We'll absolutely come hang out with you. Oh yeah. I, I actually do have a, I have a little podcast. I do not related to Canes. It's called the Boston Blondes. So my friend and I talk all Boston sports, which is oh, kind of fun. fun. So uh, yeah. So, so we've mentioned Boston a few times throughout the show. So I had so back in the 2010 playoffs when the Flyers did the reverse sweep on the Bruins and then went on to the Stanley cup finals. I was there for game three and David Krejci got hurt. Right. It was me and my cousin um, and like two sections over and maybe six or seven rows up. There was these four fully grown men had to have been like 35s, 40s, right? Being absolute arrogant assholes. Now, listen, I have some rules about uh, opposing fans. If, it, if it's if it's a family, though, like a dad brings his kids there to hang out. I'm not going to mess with them. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm not going to bother. Right. And if it's a couple and they're just out there having a date night again, you know, I'm not going to buy that. But if you're four grown men and you're running your mouth, no, it's fair game, baby. Like you're on. Right. So after Boston goes up, I think they went up two nothing or three nothing. These guys were going loud. They were turning around, flipping people off behind them. I had a I had a thing of crab fries, a couple of <sighs> things, peas I threw in there. I ran across two sections, right? I'm like, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. And all the Flyers fans are letting me go. I wound up, threw it, nailed the one guy in the back of the jersey. The guy turns around, yells at me, flips me off. They start threatening me to fight. The security guard throws them out. That sounds very Boston. Okay, I'm not, you know, you were saying this story the whole time. And I was like, yep. I just kept saying, yep. Yeah, that sounds right. Yep, that's that's yep, I get that. It's funny you say that though. The other night we played Nashville Predators, and I was like, what is with all this yellow here at PNC Arena? Like, come on, people. There was a lot of yellow. But um, yeah, and so we had one fan that was getting a little, he was sitting up by me in his yellow, and he was getting a little rowdy and he was getting a little mad that they were losing. And I was like, Hey, buddy, you're in our house, you know. That's how I felt about that. <laughs> we're seeing more and more of that around here. I mean, there, you know, there's not a lot of Flyers fans at the games, and we're seeing more and more away fans pop up. No. <laughs> okay, we 
we have got to turn this around. I know. You're We've right. We've got to turn this around. <laughs> Some way. Maybe Some way. Year. Yes. Yes. All right. Well, we're uh, we're hitting the 45-minute mark. So, uh, Megan, the floor is yours. Do you have anything you want to promote? Anything personally you want to do? Any story you want to tell? It's all you for now. What do you want to oh talk Oh, my about? goodness. No, you guys are so great. Um, You know, my handle is right there in my lower third. So, if you guys want to follow me on Instagram or Twitter, I try to give fans as much behind-the-scenes scene behind the scenes access when I'm at the games. Things can get a little crazy and busy. So, I try. And I am a newbie to Twitter, by the way. Like, I had Twitter but before I got into this whole sports world, I used to do like entertainment in LA and stuff like that. So I actually did an after show for the show, Pretty Little Liars. I don't even know if you guys have ever heard of that show. I know the show, yeah. Okay, yeah. So I did an after show. It was almost like the Talking Dead after the Walking Dead. So that's where most of my followers came from. And now I've totally taken this jump to sports. So if you're on my Twitter and you see like teeny bopper, pretty little liars, who's a kind of situation, you know, that's where that came from. But Twitter's fun and it's a necessity for sports, man. I like, I have my favorites that I go to and I'm seeing what they're saying. And oh my gosh, I, I wouldn't survive on my scripts without Twitter. Um, but no, really, I, I, I've only been in North Carolina for a year, but um, it's welcomed me with open arms. And I'm really just excited to see where this path takes me. And um, yeah, that's all. That's awesome, Megan. Thank you. Jim, anything you want to add, man? That's it. Megan, it was a pleasure to meet you. Thanks for, uh, thanks for hanging out with us. Of course. I can't wait to share all this. So this is like, I can put this all up afterwards. Is it? And Everywhere all, you the places, all the places, yeah. I will, all I the will. places. I will. Perfect. Uh, tomorrow morning is a podcast also. So if you, if you know, oh, great. You, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts, it'll be out. Great. Love that. All right, Jim, Dave, you go, both are gems. Wishing you all the best the rest of the season. And, um, and yeah, till we meet again. Thank you so much for Jim, like a bone for Megan. I'm the real Delco Dave. Hi, and wide fam. Thanks for hanging out with us. Everybody have a good night. <laughs>